0: The Coaches Network, bringing the game together.
1: Hey guys, you're now listening to the Coaches Network podcast, a podcast aimed at anyone who's passionate about athlete, talent and personal development. My name's Coach Yas and I'm a UEFA A-licensed football coach, coach developer and content creator. I'll be sitting down with a range of guests to discuss their journeys, their life lessons and how you can make an impact. Enjoy. Right guys, welcome back to another episode of the Coaches Network. My name is Jess, and today I got a very special guest with me. I got my fr- I got my good friends Julio and Gonzalo. Good morning, guys. How are you? Good morning. Good morning, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> right guys, just, um, just for, you know, for those that maybe aren't too familiar with you guys and what you know, what your work background is, um, would you mind sharing that? Uh, yeah,
2: so I'll start then. Um, my background is uh, coaching. I used to actually, my initial background is futsal because I played futsal growing up and then stopped playing football at all. Uh, Went to Texas for university, did my degree there, decided to move to London to become a football coach. I've been here for five years now. Did my level one, level two qualifications uh, and pretty much coaching jobs, getting different experiences. Until this, you know, this lockdown happened, I was working as a performance analyst at this academy Uh, that is called uh, West London Academy. And uh, I gained all this knowledge because of the master that I'm enrolled, uh, which is performance uh, football coaching at St. May's. So a bit of my background in that.
0: Yeah, for me I'm pretty much I I come from a coaching background as well. Um started uh, here in England taking my coaching badges, uh, study on grassroots level. Uh from there moved on to community trust AQPR, um, started to do some some work within uh youth and communities department, schools department, and then moved over to the Academy Development Centers. Um at the same time, um started a full-time job in a private coaching company where I'm currently the head of coaching there and um, the coordinator for the grassroots club that we have. uh, I'm overseeing that program as well. And quite currently, I'm doing the Masters with you too. And um, thanks to that, I got the opportunity to work with AFC Wimbledon as their first team performance analyst. Brilliant. Uh, thank you for that,
1: guys. You know, just to kind of start us off, then obviously we're going to be looking at um, you know the importance or benefits of having a performance analysis program uh, in a in a club setting. Um, would you mind, guys, just sharing your perspectives on what you feel that is to start with, and then we can kind of go from there.
2: It's it it really depends on the context, of course, and the, and the level. Um, Gonzalo might give his view on, on a different level of the game. If you are Let's say grassroots level, it, it can still be really useful. Don't get me wrong, but you will need some resources if you want to get the most of performance analysis. I'm not trying to, you know, um, trying to scare anyone, any coach that wants to try to implement that, but there's certain steps that you need to, and I'm sure we're going to go through those uh, later on the podcast. So just stay tuned to listen to that. But, um, it, I feel that performance analysis is something that a lot of clubs even like grassroots to the call ones in what so-called elite ones before the cat ones and so on they should invest on that not only because of, of, of the players development but also the coaches development yeah you don't know what you say or or a player might not know exactly what the player is doing until you actually show some footage or you show some uh, stats in this case, or anything related to performance analysis, that might help uh, enhance the performance. So that that's what I feel.
0: My context is a bit different, more on the elite environment, um, where pretty much uh, all all the setup is already ready to go. Where um, obviously it's a big big help in terms of us watching mainly watching the opposition, us being able to record um our, our matches as well for us to review it after uh, with the coaching staff with the players as well and the introduction of different types of um recording also so you can go by the simple setup as um as the camera that you just the analyst brings the camera along and and records uh, and live codes the um, the, the match or even now in our days there are companies already that are already doing some work with, with some of the clubs uh, setting up cameras and motion motion cameras as well uh, within the stadium to to record but normally you would see the analysts with a laptop one with a laptop the other one with a camera while one is recording the other one is life coding the match and getting everything ready for half time or when the game is over, to go down to the changing rooms to um, to present the uh, the clips that have been taken to to the the manager, the coaching staff, um, and obviously the use of it um, as well to aid on on training sessions as well. So it, it has a really big. um going I put it? It has a big involvement on on your life, um Football currently, and and it just looks like to develop even more for ideas. I thank you for that. You know, so we should just kind of, You know,
1: the idea of this kind of discussion I want us to have today is, you know, first of all, to get your perspective. So thank you for sharing that. But then, you know, to get a deeper understanding of how we can apply, um, I guess, the contexts differently. Um, so obviously, you know, we're not going to hopefully discuss how it looks in terms of using it in a, in a matchday environment, um, how it looks in terms of working across as groups, individuals, and maybe how we can factor this into maybe an individual development plan for players, um, and where it could possibly play a part in coach development as well. Um, so, kind of just to start us off with, then, um, what are the kinds of things that we need to be started to think about when we're looking at implementing a program for performance analysis in an environment? Um, Sally, obviously, you touched on there that the environment you're currently working in already has a setup uh, okay. in place. Yeah, you're slightly different. I know from a discussion that we've had in the past that you were almost going in it and trying to develop that in, that base from scratch almost. Um, so it'd be good to kind of get both your perspectives from you know, I guess in some ways opposite ends of the spectrum as to what that looks like and what your considerations are when uh, um, I guess looking at performance analysis.
2: I would say from my experience, I was tasked to pretty much set up from scratch, two different forms of analysis uh, departments in a grassroots and a college program. It was like very, very different experiences and also very different expectations, as you imagine. And I was dealt with, um, in one, a surprise because I'm able to track all the players' uh, physical and some technical data. Uh, with, um, a device, uh, it's a call, it's called PlayerMaker. It's a IMU, uh, foot mount, um, sensor that will track all the data. But again, I don't think many grassroots clubs will have this. So maybe if you're in that transition to cap one, two, three, or maybe if you're an academy, but you're still not there, you might be able to access this kind of, of, of uh, systems or just uh, a regular GPS to track this data. But going a little bit, step down, um, initially what I had to think, the basic one is, do I have cameras? Uh, yes or no? Do I have any way that I can take in-live match statistics just by looking at the match uh, while the camera is recording the game? Uh, do I have a clear... Uh, way, a, wor- a way of how my workflow is going to work. So before the match and, and during the match and after the match. So th- those are the, the, the things that are, that I always take in place. Uh, and luckily for one of the setups, uh, it didn't work. Uh, the performance analysis, I kept it very basic, just the tallying of events and then go. And from what observations i've made which is very subjective. um i was talking with the coach and and with the players but again not the best practice Uh if you can i'm sure that if you're in a grassroots environment and, and you want um to have recordings and so on i'll probably ask a parent to help or things like that so yeah so with me, um, I'm quite fortunate on my
0: my other work at skills. We've just recently, before this lockdown, we started to implement a bit more the use of performance analysis. But um, going from that type of context to my uh, current one, I think the first thing we need to start realizing is first is the context, see where we, we insert it on, on the spectrum. And from there knowing where we are what kinds of resources can we get from there we'll start thinking on what we can do when we talk performance analysis yeah we're all talking about recording data uh, recording matches the use of clips and everything but if we look within the performance analysis itself there are things that we can actually break down and instead of using Data analysis, video analysis. We just use video analysis, for example, because that's more integrated on the context you inserted in. Uh, if you're a regular grassroots club, you can. It's the, there won't be if you're one under nines uh, team one under tens. Uh, there's pretty much no point of recording data. It's more the visual. Aspect of of the analysis where you're recording the match, you might, you might pick up the match, edit it and just put the best, the best bits or as a manager or coach, if you're setting up a challenge within that game, saying we have these three challenges we need to do and just highlight on that. Edit on that clip and highlight this. This this was the challenge. These were the challenges, and this is you guys doing it. So well done. Or looking, just just using the video footage. Um, and for us, quite considerably on at skills. What we're starting to do is we got access to VO. Um, so we've we've recorded. We're recording our own sessions. Um, in in order to help new coaches coming in so they can see what is the type of session we want to deliver. And at the same time, at on the football club, we're coordinating, we we are recording the matches as well and giving them access to the parents so they can watch the matches with, with the kids and the kids watch the matches as well. Um, In terms of on the more elite environment, I think, the more you go up the spectrum in terms of amateur grassroots up to elites it becomes a bit more complex and obviously on adult level where i am i'm inserted in obviously it is data it is video it is visual it, it's all of it however the thing that we need to consider as well is us as analysts we can provide what the manager requests we can provide feedback and we can um give ideas but at the end of the day the manager is the one running the show and we need to be in sync with with the manager so if the manager does doesn't want any anything visual in terms of data so we will still consult data but it, we won't show it and the, at the same time we are just talking about us as analysts. We're going to show everything that we want, but we need to step back a bit and think we want to show something, but that someone else might not be able to read it. So we need to make sure that what we're showing and what we want to do matches the context and matches the needs of the coaching staff and the needs of the players as well. Now, thank you for that. And obviously, you know, just
1: looking at, you obviously two different settings there. I'm going to start with you. Obviously, your setting was a bit more, like I said, grassroots-based, looking at the uh, program from scratch. So in terms of now presenting that data, obviously you said it, you know, the data will be, uh, I guess, assessed and looked at with a subjective view, uh, essentially by the analyst, whether that be yourself or someone else in the situation. How do you then go about presenting that information back to the players or the staff at the club and how, you know, in a grassroots setting, what does that actually look like?
2: Uh, with the data again because we so if you're at the grassroots uh kind of level and and trying to to make this uh, happen uh happen happening the setup i will tell in my case it's it's really interesting because as i mentioned i have this the playmaker and and i'm lucky that it's it's very accurate um and I presented via Tableau, which is something I recommend to every analyst or starting analyst. If you want to show it, it's, it's better than Microsoft Excel in terms of, of the graphs. So that's pretty much how I, I present my data between, um, dynamic dashboards. So the ad coach can actually see the stats for each game or for each training session. You can actually see the change on those. Uh, physical KPIs let's say or or on some technicals like uh, which foot is he going to receive with the left or the right Uh, what's the percentage of each uh, received left and right and so on so I'm lucky enough to have that but if you're in a a context where you only have pen and paper is I would say that you have to define first you need to have a clear definition of, of what is your kpi in this case what is your event is it receiving uh easy one is it short passing what's the distance in your definition for short passing something that you would uh consult with a with a coach first and then you would make this uh and again in atali this is something that works uh you can use uh, spreadsheets on microsoft excel and show the data um my recommendation is keep it as clear, as simple as possible, because, of course, there's amazing ways for you to do uh, visualizations that are just beautiful and things like that. Uh, right now, I'm at a stage that I can consider myself more of a data uh, analyst as well. Uh, and it's really important to show that key message and not just having something for, for having too many things happening around. And simplicity is the key word. In regards to, to how you show it, it depends on what kind of manager you have, really. I'm lucky that I work with someone who is very forward-thinking in the game. He wants all these different technologies that help players. In terms of data, he wants data to be visual, but to some context as well. So I'm really lucky when I deliver that. Um I guess it, it depends how much you get familiarized with, with different systems and forms analysis. How can you show the data, uh, getting those different skill sets? I recommend watching YouTube videos. There's like a lot of free, um, a lot of free resources in there. Uh, for those interested, I'm sure at the end we can show our LinkedIn's and, and, uh, Twitter accounts. So you, you know, you can have, uh, Kind of a view of, of what visuals we we can work with. So, Gonzalo, what
0: are your thoughts on when it comes to data? I think it's as you said, uh, just echoing what you're saying in terms of visualization. You need to bear in mind where you who you showing the data and how you're going to show the data. On on my contacts, it's I prefer I'm I'm more of a visual type of person. So if I can see something and i have video video proof of it i prefer showing that way uh, it's easier to work on on the context that i'm inserted um and and also just to put one thing more on top of what you're saying sometimes when i look look on the data and the data saying uh the success rate of the the passing success rate of a player is above the charts and then you go to the video footage and you know, actually see he's just passing it's a center back passing to a goalkeeper and just that so obviously as you said the co- context is everything so you you need you need to find within the data that you collect what is the context why is that happening but inserting on going back on on a conversation i think knowing what you have in terms of access to resources is very important not everyone will be able to access Tableau or Excel. And um, there are some some things that you can do, like you just mentioned, just very use of pen and paper. I, I remember when I was doing grassroots at Kingstonian, um, I actually asked the parents, give them a, a piece of paper with a couple of KPIs, just so the kids could actually see the benefit of it they might think, oh, we lost one, one or two nil. But then, look, this is these were our stats. And again, it goes it goes to the situation where we can implement that, but we need to make sure we have people backing us up to do that as well. Because you can't by yourself just record a match, watch a game. Um, you need to get other people involved as well. I think that is very, very important as well. But in terms of Visualization again, people see things different ways, uh, interpret things different ways. It's up to us as analysts to try a way in the middle where everyone will definitely know what exactly we want to do. But not only that, not only us showing, but what about what our manager wants us to show? What about the manager coming to us and saying, Look, I want clips of this. I want information on that. And I want to give this to the players. So it's up to us to make sure, again, like I said before, we're in sync with our manager or the person is high, high above us to make sure we deliver the message the way they want it. Because the, the the detail is, has to be important as well. Sometimes we might be caught up. Oh, look, this situation here is good. I'm going to show it. But realistically, it's not. It might be the manager wants to get something across where where he wants to get that message across, regardless of wh- where, your, where your thoughts are. And we need to make sure that message is delivered in a way. Again, on my context, as I said before, it's more visual type of, of message with clips of uh, previous matches, clips of opposition, um, clips of other things that we used we did well, and just try to get that message across. We did well this, let's carry on doing it, for example. So there are several things, but in terms of data, it is really important not only to show the data, but showing in a way everyone can try to understand it. There will be different ways, different charts to deliver certain information. Again, like Julie said, the more simple and effective, the better. Don't overcomplicate things. I know and we go on Twitter, there's end charts, there's people, a lot of data analysts just trying new stuff, which is really, really wonderful. But sometimes we can get caught up on that and thinking, wow, that, that chart's really good. But is it really necessary? Would your players understand it? Would your manager want that type of chart? Would your manager be interested on that information that you're delivering? So I think... Again, knowing our setup, knowing our context, knowing exactly what the managers, the players want and need will make everything unfold after, will make all the visible easier, will make all the data they want to collect easier. Even me as an analyst, the first thing, the first thing I do, and I was speaking to an analyst the other day, uh, we were talking about implementing uh, a couple of things, and I was saying to him, the first thing you need to do is go to your manager, have a word with him. Ask him exactly what he wants, because there's no point of view to make extra extra work if it's not going to be used. As as analysts, we spend too many too many hours on computer. We spend hours and hours. People might think doing a chart takes like two or five minutes, and realistically, and Julia knows about that. It's, it it takes a lot of time <laughs> watching watching a match, coding the match, getting the data from the match. People might think it's 90 minutes, the, the, the entire length for the match. But realistically, it's not. It's two, three, four hours sometimes, depending on how much detail, depending how much are you reviewing the match back, going back, see it again, so you can actually get what, what's happening. So it is important for us to know exactly what we need to do and show. And from there, things will become easier and, and you will know exactly what you're going to do after. No, thank you for that. And obviously, you know, just, just to kind of highlight on the,
1: the two different contexts, we're looking at obviously group, Julio's, um, you know, more working in a grassroots setting. you're working in a bit more of an elite setting, uh, more specifically a senior uh, performance environment. You know, just on that note, if this is probably, you know, the first question I do have and for for both of you and how you would go about doing this. Is it fair to say that, you know, in the process of you guys putting a system in place or, or, or I guess um, supporting the system that's already in place, that there needs to be clear definitions for context and terminologies based on the, the, I guess, the environment itself, the the manager, the supporting staff, or whatever that looks, and having those clearly defined, um, in in terms of just helping uh, provide some clarity for everyone involved. And you know, if you are doing things, as an example, you talked there, uh, uh, Gonzalo, about having potentially parents a step in initially when you first started working on these. <coughs> sort of things. Um, I think it's a great way to kind of build that relationship with parents, especially at grassroots football um, or youth football in general. Um, because yeah, I, I often find that parents do want to be involved, but maybe they're not—they're not too, uh, you know, too well versed in how to or how to support effectively. Um, so, how much of that is down to you know coming back to my question—is actually having clearly defined definitions for what we are looking at and how we're looking at it, and what the different things actually do mean, and having a, almost a an assimilated and aligned
0: uh <sighs> process around different mm. and contexts yeah so on that i think it, it is really important again goes back to what i just said in terms for example speaking on the elite first if if i have a different vocabulary than than the manager players will get mixed messages straight away because my interpretation of something might be different from the interpretation of someone else. So it's up to me as an analyst to know and learn. And learn what is the vocabulary, what is the terminology, what is the idea, the full process of, of my manager. So when he asks me something, I know exactly what he wants. I know exactly what is he talking about. And it's easier then to to liaise it to the easy with the players or with the other coaches. And it's easy, the dialogue and conversation and communication won't break down because everyone's using the same. And I think it echoes a bit with the work that some academies do. So I've, I've worked in Development Centre and did a, uh, and watched a lot of academy sessions at QBR and everyone tries to use the same vocabulary. So it will be easy for the players to understand what the coaches want to get across. So it's the same. It's the same example. And again, if we go back a bit more, on grassroots. I, I was fortunate to have parents that were actually on board of doing things, and I think that's also important as well. If we we can ask parents to get involved, most of the times they will say yes because they want they want to be part of something. And I think that's the good thing about grassroots. It's just that collaboration between the the coaches, the parents, everyone getting involved in and, and helping each other. And it's important for me. For me, when I give the, the spreadsheets away, I said to them, listen, this is why I'm doing this. This is why I want to do this. So I, they can see other things other than just the result on the scoreboards. And by us liaising with them, they will know exactly where we're coming from as well, and it will be easier for them to understand why certain decisions we make on a pitch, for example, are, are being made. Because they're, they're, I don't want to get again on the, on 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 the big debate of the results versus the development, but it is it has a bit of that. It's my my job as a manager at that time was to develop that team, so it's it's up to me to try to get positives across that don't underline the scoreboard. so by using that I could set up targets to the team and say listen last match we had this this match I want us to have that so it might be we we only had three shots a target last match and five attempts it might be me telling the parents look I'm doing this because I want them to have a target I want them to have a, a standard so from there will, will develop but it had to be me delivering the message across to the parents so they could understand where I'm coming from and even for them it makes it easy for them to, to actually realize and knowing and i've said this to on the club that i'm coordinating as well parents and people knowing what we want from things will will become easier for them to understand where we're coming from and we we've seen they uh, week in and week in on grassroots there is a lot of a lot of conception of winning and just winning and just winning. But there are really clubs that are really changing their approach. And we can actually see a lot of clubs now just focusing on that development of the kids and and just getting that message across. But it is important for us to know exactly what, what we want to do. If we know the messages, we know the terminology, we know the vocabulary, everyone is in sync,
2: things will flow and things will work properly. There's no mixed messages. In my setting, I mean, just very briefly on this part, because you pretty much send them everything as well. Uh, and I agree with that. In this setting that I'm right now, we are have, we're kind of like using this performance analysis kind of as a pilot test and how all the clubs would probably benefit the same way. And and this age group, it's under eighteen. So they're age that where they're very independent from their parents, and there's not much connection. For example, with their parents. So even if we had a few parents messages, it's more about different things like fees and and is my son going to be there at this time? Are you going to provide these services or not? But, so there's not much involvement uh, in other way, when they get to that age. So it, it's it depends a lot of the context and the age group. Uh, but, for example, we define um, all the, the, the events that we want to find out. We we have to explain the players. So when I'm doing uh, any kind of, of data analysis, I'm explaining to the context of, look, this is a definition. Uh, your progressive passes on the last third of the pitch. So this is exactly how many carries or how many touches you have leading to that area. So we have to clearly define uh, with staff, in this case, if you have more coaches or or some players, because some players might not know uh, what is a progressive pass, for example, or a carry into a a, a penalty area or even more detailed uh, KPIs you can get. These are just some of the basic ones that we were talking about but that's the reality and and we need to make sure that everyone across the project understands uh, clearly what are we talking about and, and what KPI is and 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 things like that otherwise you're going to have players confused you're going to have managers confused uh, if your parents are there helping out in this context of grassroots they're not going to be able to understand so my advice for those working in grassroots that you want to get involved with your parents, maybe sit down with the parents and and kind of go through the things that you have in mind and, and there's an understanding and clarity on that. One of the questions I do have beyond that is when you're now looking at those settings,
1: obviously, Gonzalo, you're working in a more, uh, I guess, like I said, it's working in a senior environment, you're working with youth players, so you probably have a little bit more uh, influence and control over what's happening in that t- t- setting. Um, it'd be very interesting to know from your perspectives then how often you find yourself having to adjust the language that's being used? If that makes sense? Yeah. Based on the players that are in front of you or the groups of people in front of you.
0: So I think for me, for just giving my example when I first started in the club, I think the first month um, took a lot of of adjustment uh, on that. Um, it's brand new, coming in, didn't know the terminologies, vocabulary and everything. But because we as a coaching staff we need to get across the same the same message i have to adjust my terms in terms in terms of communication with everyone i have to keep on adjusting them because as more as i grow um on the role and the more communication i have with them with the manager or the coaching staff the more i start learning more about them as well so there there was a there's been instances where i had spoke about certain terminologies and the message that was fed to me was uh don't use that terminology can you try instead of this can you use that so obviously it's a different it's a different um uh, context but also it, it will vary between co- coaching staff there might be uh, on the same level, there will be teams that will be more flexible. with that might be teams that w- will want um, no part of it. Just think, yeah, just be yourself and and express yourself the way you want. And there will be teams where everyone has to be one one message, one w- one way of talking uh, to to try to facilitate the work that's being done. But um, again, as we said before, for on my contacts. I have to keep on adjusting to make sure the message that has to be brought across, either being video or spoken to or data, you name it, has to be in order with the same things that have been said and done in the club. (laughs) Right, I think, um, Consalo, Julio,
1: over to you now, then obviously from your your perspective, what are some of the challenges that you've kind of found, uh, you know, in terms of the terminology and having to kind of maybe shift that from time to time? Um, Yeah.
2: It it was really interesting because I never worked with under-18s before. I had a big jump from youth football under-8s all the way up to under-16s. And then I had a big jump and worked into the adult, adult side side of the game, like I'm more amateur. And wow. and then it was, since it was amateur, there was no, maybe two players were, uh, you know, involved in football before, in, in development football, and the rest was just, you know, football fans playing and kicking a ball. So that was really interesting. And, and I had to simplify my words in that sense. And then when I started this, uh, the performance analysis side of it, And uh, with under 18s, and they are more of like a balance between some were in cap one two threes, and some were in grassroots clubs. So it's 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 try to balance and and teach the ones that don't understand the the warning, and kind of going beyond and above with the ones that that played at at an elite academy, and and it's really interesting how. You have it sometimes because of the setting and, and, and they're under 18s. So you will have some players explain to others. And, and because the way that, that I engage with, with my players, I make sure that, that they are tuned as well in the performance analysis title of, of the game. So they kind of start to teach each other on certain boards. or, or I, I give them assignments like, okay, what position are you? Uh, on this position, okay, which three players, for example, you can find that have some of your, your, like that I will say characteristics, but that will make your general profile. So now we, we extend like, uh, the, you know, the words that you use with, with these players and they will be like, okay, if I'm, I'm center back, uh, I will think Wesley for fun is one of them because he has this and this and this. And and I have find another player, and then it's me to correct uh, the exact definitions of of KPIs. Why is for fun? So from the general wording, I'll get into more football related terms with them. But but this is pretty much the context that that I get into them.
1: Hmm. I guess the question for both of you, kind of just as we start to wind down now, then you know, what are some of the biggest challenges that you faced in kind of implementing some of these systems. Obviously, you know, both of you talked about working with different people. You know, you talked about the idea of having to deal with parents and getting them to understand a bit, I guess, a a different perspective on the the whole idea of performance analysis and how to maybe involve them in that process. Um, Certainly for me, I would anticipate one of the biggest challenges when a new manager does come in or a new coaching uh, setup uh, management group or however you wish to view it, do come in and they may have a completely different perspective of, the, the, the words used and what the terms may be defined as to for them um, and furthermore beyond that how much of that is then impacted by the coach and obviously you know Consolo, this is probably more directed to you now working in that elite setting do you find yourself that the terms are being directly impacted by the coach or in I guess in your case is it a set of terms which are consistent throughout the club if that makes sense um and then the new manager or whoever the new coach might be has to kind of adhere to that and adapt to that slightly. Or is it right, new managers come in all of that's out the window? Yeah,
0: I think on my on my context, uh I don't know about the academy yet uh at Wimbledon. Uh that will be a really interesting conversation. And after this I might even go to um, to Michael and have a conversation with him about this as well. Um um but but Within, within the club, on the first team, uh, I think I think it will be if someone else comes out the door uh, later down the road, I think it will be a shift. There will be a shift in terms of terminology. Because, um, again, it all depends on, on what the manager or what what is the philosophy of the style of, of the manager. There might be in a few years comes a manager where he's very performance analysis very, very focused and there will be new terminologies, there will be new visualizations, um, there will be a new style of um of vocabulary as well. So um it's more of trying to guess the future. Um I think us as managers and coaches, everyone has a different perspective. Everyone has their own vocabulary um on that term it will be a new a new system of vocabulary messaging and, and performance analysis in terms of grassroots wise, in terms of speaking speaking from experience, I think if we talk about grassroots, if we talk about developing and development, at least on the club, where I am, um, I just try to get the same messages across down the spectrum. It's same thing for the new coaches if 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 they come in they access it is it's been by the company by the company's director it has been set up as on stone saying we can deliver the sessions, but they have to have certain elements we need to have certain things and it, and the conversation has come across in terms of what are we talking. Um, to the players because it will become easier and and actually Chris Ramsey I've said this this uh, several times where if you know what we're delivering if I know what we're delivering if we get the same have you know, the same vocabulary I might show up on your session you might show up on my session and we both deliver and the kids will know exactly what you want from them and the same thing goes for me so there is a, a, a big importance of us delivering the message across the spectrum. But obviously, I have two different contexts, the grassroots context and and the first team context. But on the first team, just to sum it up really quick, on the first team, I think, depending on the manager, who's the manager, it it will impact on what the work is going to be done and how it's going to be done. As if in development-wise and grassroots setup, you can maintain the message if depending on where you are. So I'm on a position where I can set up a philosophy, a style, everything in terms of how we're going to develop our players and just keep that philosophy throughout. And it can still be there one day if I leave and and it carries on. Or you just have to
2: adjust. For me, that's my, my personal opinion on mana. In, in my context, I would say I had, Two different experiences as i said earlier one program uh, for a lot of reasons but also because of new management uh it didn't work out because we had everything discussed how performance analysis would be uh we would have vo cameras and would have um different angles because the the venue that we work at it's just very good set middlesex fa the new uh rectory park. So amazing facilities. Everything was detailed. Uh, let's say there was clear communication from top to bottom. Everything was fine. And then new management comes in and pretty much all the performance analysis set up and the way that we interact with the players in terms of the performance analysis was all gone. And we're talking about a college program, which is still not elite level, uh, but it's a starting point if you work in those and you want to actually bring performance analysis i think it's a really good um way to improve your skills because you will have players that let's say their ability is usually somehow between uh average high to to high because of the of the pool of players you're going to work so you can explore different parts of performance analysis and i was quite disappointed with the with the results uh, without any consulta- uh, consultation, uh, it was just that form's non incentive was just terminated, uh, and of course we had uh, meetings and everything uh, with uh, with the staff um, working, and and then uh, unfortunately new management came in and they were like, we're not interested in that, we don't see any value in that. So again, it's about uh, your managers, and if you are with with managers that actually want performance analysis in, in, in your club, in your setup, uh, you're probably going to be fine and you're going to have uh, any, uh, any freedoms that you might want to explore in, in to, to deliver your messages. If you have managers that are totally against performance analysis or sports science, then you're going to have a, a bit more more complicated issues on that and how to bring any performance analysis to that.
1: Yeah. I think it's, sort of, it's a question for you then. Obviously, yeah. um, working in that more elite setting, uh, do you find yourself, or it, it probably applies for both of you, really, when a new setup comes in, do you think that there's a bit of resistance from players at times, just in terms of having to, or how much consideration is made? in? If we're going to change the terminology, if there's been a set of players that are used to working in this way and they understand things in this way, it's almost re educating the players to an extent, is it not?
0: I think on my one, I've, I haven't, I haven't experienced that. Uh, I've when I started and t- up until now, um, I'm working with the same coaching staff. Um, but on a personal opinion, I think in terms of that, if I was to come in on a new setup, if I was to come in on a new squad, new players, I would try to learn first what they know and gradually bit by bit as the season as as time goes on and season goes on uh slowly introducing new terminology um change is always a difficult thing sometimes it can be good sometimes it can be bad but if we just come in and change everything i don't know no i'm not going to do this anymore we're going to do this it will be difficult for the players we need to think about the players as well, because in the end of the day they're the ones playing and there will be players that will cope with the change but there will be players that won't cope with the change and it will it will take time for them so for me on a personal basis I would try to figure out first what has been done so I know exactly where they are in terms of knowledge and understanding it. An inter- interaction within the performance analysis department, um, and obviously the manager itself would would come in and start introducing his philosophy and everything. But it has to be a smooth uh, process because sometimes it might be sometimes we will have similar approaches, so there might be just a couple of tweaks here and there. If we talk about vocabulary, as we talked before, it's going to be always different. People will have different ways of talking and, and, and delivering messages. But the, the the setup itself, it won't deviate. The things that might change, it might be one, one, one staff used to work with this platform or software, and I might work a different way. One staff might be less engaging with the players, and I might be more engaging with the players. So it's up to, up to me to know exactly what happened before, and then now slowly integrating my things. And even and I think if we go on on players, and I'm talking from experience, I've with the players I've I've been so far, they they are most of them are really keen on just going try to see the footage, I've um, just watch the match or when the match is over, they would come to me and. Show me, show me certain things. So it's up is it's up for us to know the players as well and know exactly what what they want and how they want things as well. And obviously, knowing what the manager wants and by knowing straight away. If it was a situation where I would be there and the new manager would come in, that would be even harder because it's me knowing first what the new manager wants and then from there. Transfer to the players, so it, it will be a, a bit harder. As if it, I know already what the manager wants, it's just going to check what was been done beforehand and what's been done before with the previous manager and the previous analyst, and then just slowly tra- um, transfer across to our side of things.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I agree with that. You pretty much sum up well what I think, and and in my experiences. Of course, in, I would say more under 18, something that we talked about earlier. I do have players that come as well and they ask for footage uh, when we have available. But as soon as we have a match, they're always asking, oh, how much, uh, how many Ks did I made uh, in distance or how many things did I do? But of course, in, until that build up initially, uh, when I joined the club, you know, players were not very engaged. didn't know what to expect. And it also comes from from what knowledge can you bring to a performance analysis setup, let's say. If you have people that know, don't know how to work with such systems, then they might not understand what knowledge they might uh, give it to the coaches and the players, going a little bit further on, on that. I guess when, let's say, if I'm supposed to join a, a different uh, setup without knowing anyone that. Give some time to adapt as an analyst and getting to know what your manager and the setup itself requires you to do because everyone has a clear and defined role it is very important. Because right now I'm the only analyst in my setup, but I might find another setup that has three or more analysts or, or, or I might be one analyst doing everything plus recruitment. You know, you never know what might might happen on, on, on next setups. But, but yeah, I feel it's important to know, as Gonzalo said, um, speak with the manager to know what the manager wants. I, I feel that's probably the most important thing.
1: Oh, definitely. I thank you for that, guys. You know, just on a final note, as we start to wrap up then, um, I was conscious if you guys can maybe provide us some considerations, I guess some steps that maybe uh, coaches more working in, in a more grassroots setting could start to consider in how to implement a system of performance analysis. Obviously, you know it's not that the coaches outside of those environments aren't are, aren't important, but they're probably going to have setups in place already. Um, they're probably just going to look at potentially refining, but have the support staff, such as analysts themselves, kind of help with that. Um, so, yeah, you know, around the grassroots setting now, what are some of the steps that you guys would advise that uh, some of the listeners of you can take to maybe implement that if they are working in uh, a setting where there isn't currently a performance analysis. Uh, system in place
2: i would say first getting the parents engaged as we already mentioned see if by any chance one of the parents have any cameras available you know that's a starting point if you're going to get match footage if you're going to go something to more basic old-fashioned pen and paper to record those events that you want to record do some observations uh, maybe have an assistant coach who can tally those while you focus on the match and then change or maybe if you want to be more objective then compare do comparisons between the two uh, coaches that are annotating or even parents and go across and see which one is more reliable for example, Gossela what, what do you think? I just think in terms
0: of setting up, uh, obviously having having that camera is always in hand, I think starts from there uh if you don't have access or, or budget to to get a camera um just try to find a phone or GoPro or something something that you can actually use um from there I think speaking from experience, if you have a platform where you can actually put your clip your videos on, for example, your match footage. Uh, where you can you can actually have the players engaging with it. I think it's really good, because uh, the perspective of the player is always going to be different from the perspective of the analyst because the view is different. Play we see things differently because we're on a higher uh, a higher place in the country or on a different angle. The access to the camera, I think, is the first thing. Uh, having the engagement. Uh, most of the clubs um uh, use huddle or, or coach logic um if if you don't have the budget for that um just create um create either a Facebook group for example a closed group where only the players will have access and you can put the the footage there and they will they can engage with it with each other. One of the things that I've learned a lot is the engagement. Players engaging with footage it's a very helpful tool for them, and in terms of collecting data, I think that is the the more difficult thing. I think Julie just had a really good idea uh If you have um a, a, a coach with you, an assistant manager, it might even be that person taking that data. but I think on grassroots will be very difficult It will be easier for you to collect the data once the match is recorded or have someone because there is there is a massive growth on in terms of people become wanting to become analysts and people into um performance analysis. It might be within within the parents that we have, one of their kids might be doing any um a uni degree or might be into it and you can ha- get that person as an intern and on on, a, on if you play on Saturday on Sunday or if you play Sunday possibly on Monday that person watch, going through the footage and just clip it obviously that will bring across the, the biggest issue that we have because unfortunately uh, in terms of um, in terms of software wise most of the software it has to be paid and it is large sums, unfortunately, but there are other other things, other software that's now becoming available, such as um, it's been available for years. Longo match is free. Uh, Metrica now, uh, release their free version. Um, so you, you can use that as well. Um, so there are certain 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 softwares that you can use for free that it can be beneficial for you. Um and from that it's just trying to find a place to to actually to actually show your footage if you want to show it to the players. I, I remember I asked one of the parents at Kingstonian to borrow his projector because I didn't have a projector club doesn't have money for a projector, and he actually had one so he borrowed his projected to me for the the rest of the season was just trying to find now the facilities to show it which was alter, uh, fortunately we had space on a changing room to do it on our home ground but that is I think that is the the thing the biggest issue with, with grassroots is the reliability of players sometimes you might have all the players and sometimes you might be ha- having half so it, it is sometimes difficult and for this process, you you kind of want to have everyone in that play, at the same place at the same time, so you can be ace. So I think common uh, getting together the engagement on the, on a platform together with your regular performance analysis will would get really good results out of it.
1: Excellent. Thank you for that, guys. No, it's been a very enjoyable conversation for me, and I think there's definitely plenty of insights and nuggets in there that people can start to consider within their own work. Um, but Should any of the listeners or viewers have any more questions either around the discussion that we've had today or to find out more about the work that you guys do and beyond that? Is there somewhere they can get in touch with you guys to do that?
2: Uh, yeah, so if uh, you want to know more about data science, let's say, or learn about different skills, Uh, You can find me on LinkedIn under Julio Costa or my uh, personal Twitter account is uh, Julio Costa underscore Lisb. So J U L I O T O S T A underscore L-I-S-B. Otherwise, we do have, actually, Gonzalo can probably give his his details as well, but we do have a a blog we compounded uh, in the summer called The Analyst Eye, so if you find uh, us at the analyst i on twitter, um, you can see what kind of analysis we we do and, and if you have questions you can also like uh, go for that.
0: Yeah, on I mean you can find me on both Twitter and LinkedIn. I'm very engaged on those two platforms especially. So you can find me on LinkedIn just using my name, uh, Gonzalo Pinto, or if you want to go and find me on Twitter, is it's Gpinto Coaching. And as Julie just mentioned, if you want to go and contact us via our blog, you, you can do so at The Analyst Eye.
1: Excellent. Thank you for that, guys. Um, thank you again for your time this morning. Hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. Until next time, guys, take care.
2: Oh,